Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the PC Perspective Podcast. This is episode 719. It's being recorded on April 19, 2023. I'm Sebastian Peake. I'm Jeremy Hellstrom. I'm Josh Walrath. I'm Brett Van Sprumberg. See, we have so much energy tonight. It's It feels, mm. we feel fresh. I mean, who wouldn't Crackling feel fresh at 10 o'clock at night? Uh, oh, you know, yeah. a school night when you have to get up early in the morning mm-hmm. and take your son mm-hmm. to school. I mean, but, it's, um, it's it's better than being beaten with a copper pipe, I suppose. That's true. And by the way, copper pipe, also a member of the podcast tonight. That's my um, yes. city water entering directly into the office area. Hey, hey do, you, do, you, do you ground all your stuff to that? No, no. I have a spike buried out in the yard. Oh, okay. No. Sorry. I was going to say, I Why think not copper both? pipe is one of your Those pesky codes. When I first it? moved into this house, everything was grounded to the water pipe. But then an electrician came in and said, can't do that. And he disconnected it. And then he buried a copper thing or two. Ah. I don't know what he did. He did some stuff. It's like a six-foot yard. copper spike. Yeah, something. Yeah. Uh, anyway, you can help support the site and podcast distribution by going to patreon.com slash pcper. Become one of our elite patrons. One of us. One of us. And we want to thank a familiar name, Sir Bogative Fabrication Labs. Thank you. We're shouting Bogative. you out. We're mm-hmm. And Kevin Get P. a personalized message. Oh, really? Do you okay. know better than a yes, six-foot copper spike into the ground? It's that the earth is an infinite electron sink. Our modern life wouldn't be able to exist as it does if it weren't for grounding that the earth so generously provides. You'd think that eventually it would fill up with electrons, but that's not how the universe works. It's infinite. It's infinite, Jerry. Infinite. That's it. You're grounded. Oh. Oh, also, we need to thank uh, PC Burnout. Who also... PC Rubout? No, we're not going to go there. No. I'm sorry. No, it's the old game. No, it's it's, it's an eraser head. You've... Got to rub out oh. all the mistakes in your life, and you know what? Unfortunately, I take a larger eraser than I have available to me. So many mistakes, so much life, so if many only. erasers. If only, beautiful. All right, okay, uh, Josh. I hope you're prepared to talk about food. Although we're not covering new territory, I don't want to spoil anything. But this is something of an old standby, is it not? So it's an old standby, but it's a mistake so i ordered the naughty the naughty is is kind of a favorite it's got jalapenos chipotle ketchup cheese double patties they forgot the jalapenos and the ketchup Hmm. so it was essentially just a bacon cheeseburger with nothing else on it so i had to i had to go ahead and actually use the veggies that provided just to kind of liven things up put a little ketchup mustard on there and it was you know It's a really solid cheeseburger. Sometimes you just need a cheeseburger. And that's what I got. That's what fate gave me. I asked for a naughty, and I got a double cheeseburger. So is it a win? Is it a loss? Is it a draw? I don't know. But it's it was unexpected. It's certainly ground. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like they kind of cooked it a little bit more than than usual. It looked well done. A little well done, but crispy. Crispy. Inside was still pretty juicy, and so I had but no uh, I had no problems there. It was but that outside burger was... simplified. It was burger to its essence. Bacon mm. cheeseburger delivered neat. We're gonna move into news, and there's so many tasty 
keeping on the sort of food topic, it's tasty little stories this week, like little mm. uh, rumors and all sorts of things. Like this one. Do they have cheese? I don't know. Uh, this nice. I saw this on Igor's lab, but here's a report from Tom's Hardware citing Igor, among other sources, and something about the RTX 4070 falling to 549 due to an NVIDIA partner rebate. Now, I know Igor was talking about this $50 and uh, rebate that's being uh, passed on to customers because NVIDIA is apparently incenting their partners with this. A discount of some kind. Is this uh, a little early to be talking about discounting a brand new product? I would assume this is selling fairly well because it's the cheapest 40 series car we've had so far. But Apparently, it's selling okay, but not particularly well. Um, I forget where it was, but someone had mentioned that uh, Micro Center near them had something like... 200 pieces in store and they sold like five the first day. So this my God, we've won against the miners. Yeah, no, I mean, it was, uh, this is you know, previous generations, even before all the mining, you know, a new card would come yeah. out, you release it <laughs> 20 minutes. You would be lucky to get it on new egg. Yeah. You know, yeah. You'd you'd see lines at, at Micro Center, Best Buy, any place that, that had them. Um, they would they would quickly go out because previously they they had such good value for performance in next generation features. And as you know, Sebastian mentioned in, in his article, it's essentially the same performance as a slightly more expensive. 3080, <laughs> uh, it, but you get, you know, two extra gigs of memory, but a, uh, a, a smaller uh, memory bus. And, um, yeah, I mean, it pulls far less power at 200 watts than yeah. a 3080, but you don't get a whole lot more. And so, you know, if you had a, a 2080, 2070, a 2060 Super, something like that, this is kind of a no-brainer buy. It's it's a nice upgrade. Is it a no-brainer? Have- is it? Because look at the 6800 XT, currently selling for as little as 539 on the same Newegg.com. This is fairly comparable to a 3080, roughly. Yeah. So, you know, in many cases. Extra four gigs of memory and a full 256-bit bus. Yes, you do. Yep. Oh, here's some open yeah, box. Yeah, no, it's, it's $500. Uh, Whoa. Yeah, it's 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 you gotta you gotta make a decision. Well, I hope that's I mean, not mine. Do you like AMD? Do you like adrenaline well, drivers? The sixty nine fifty has been a local favorite for a while. That's not much more expensive. No, it is not. No, it, the sixty nine fifty. Let me search that. Uh, it was quick. like six thirty nine the last time I saw it. Yeah, no, it was mm. we were nicely mm-hmm. priced last show. Yeah, yeah but I guess is, the question is, ooh, that is do, really do close. Do you want ray tracing or not? If if you just want it's that raster performance, look at that yeah. 650 then, XT 649. Yeah, that's only fifty dollars more. That's Micro Center pricing right there, by the way. Yeah, for those of you oh, who aren't the blessed Merc with too. one, the Merc is a good card. It's uh, it's a little crowded right there, and that's that's good for consumers. I mean, yeah, I'd kind of go, you know, I don't know, I'd lean a little bit more towards the 4070. Because one, it is going to be significantly cooler. Two, it's going to pull less power because the 
It, 50, it's okay. The 6950 yeah. does pull it some juice. It pulls a little bit of power, yeah. Not quite to the 7000 yeah. series level, but... No, no. But it's it's still up there. And then you get DLSS 3, which... Yeah. From everything I see, it works pretty well. Yes. <clears throat> so, I, it, it does look like it's last generation AMD that's putting on some... There's the price pressure... And AMD has dropped prices a little bit, or their partners have dropped prices a little bit in response to the 4070. And it almost looks like you got choices again. Yeah, isn't mm. that nice? Almost <laughs> availability choices. We'll, we'll get to that a little bit later when we sure. talk about our first partner review of Fair. the 4070. Yeah. But but I, I do see. Okay, going back to the original thing, mm. it would not shock me with that within a month if they were to have a month long thing with that fifty dollar off rebate partner rebate. Because these things are, are not moving, and Q2 is going to look kind of grim for uh, NVIDIA and its partners in terms of uh, you know shipping product and, and revenue, uh, because this was really kind of supposed to move it. I mean, the 4090s, you can get them now. They're still super expensive, but you kind of expect that for the performance. The 4080, I think, is just a brain dead at 1200 that doesn't make mm. any sense to me whatsoever. 47 Ti, your, your 4070 Ti, you're getting a little bit better. And then the 4070 is at least in the realm of possibility for many people. I mean, if we kind of take a look in the past six years, uh, if you looked at a, a 1070 when it was released at, you know, kind of 449, 499 for an overclocked version, uh, if you apply... Um, you know, how much inflation has gone up in the past six years. Yes. It's actually like, it's a $579 card. So we're not that yep. far off. So perception is kind of, it's kind of coloring our, our, our view on what is a mid-range card. And it makes me cry mm -hmm. to think that $599 is a mid-range card, but... We are looking at all the other factors that we have to deal with. And, you know, it just, and, and sadly, you know, we, we have gone through some hits and, uh, you know, a, a 10, 12% inflation over the past year and a half. Um, that is, that is a massive impact uh, across the entire market and, yeah. and from, from, you know, the base components to supply, to shipping, to, the final thing hitting your door it's not that far off a 1070 from where it was six problem is our allowances ago. haven't gone up at the same pace no that has not and that's a problem yeah, yeah. let's look at history for a little bit history always informs us uh and we've talked about inflation and how things are more expensive than they used to be i have a feeling that people forget even the recent past because what what do you remember about the 1080 launch, the GTX 1080? What do you think that launch price was? Do you remember? It was what five fifty nine? Nope. Or five forty nine? Nope. Or no, five ninety nine. Let's go to Ryan Shrout's review for May seventeenth, two thousand sixteen. So this is seven years ago, and the launch price for the card. I'm looking. I'm looking. Dun, 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 dun. $5.99. $5.99. And remember, this is back when there was a Founders Edition tax. The card he reviewed was $6.99. Oh, 
This was seven hundred dollars for the ten eighty, not the ten eighty Ti. That five ninety nine was only for partner reference designs. There was a price drop a little bit later, taking this down to four ninety nine. And when they launched the ten eighty Ti, that launched at six ninety nine, and they dropped the founders tax. So that was the founders edition price. So. NVIDIA did this a few years ago. They tried to charge $700 for a Founders Edition 1080 and pretty quickly dropped the price. Mm-hmm. $100. YouTube comment, yeah, Bandy said, you know, the dies are smaller now. Well, that's true. But the cost of production from 16 nanometer TSMC at this time to their 4 nanometer is about three times as much and that's just kind of raw figures and that's not even really talking about how much the masks cost i mean there's like a five-fold increase in in how much the masks cost just by themselves you're looking at price yes many 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 millions but anyway go ahead yeah it's that mid-range that's really gone up because here we're looking at the 1080 which dropped to 499 at the 1080 Ti launch, but the 1070 was 349 and had been a constant price at 349. And then the the 2000 series is what really angered people because everything got expensive again. You went right back up to that Founders Edition 1080 launch price of 699 again for the 2080. People looked at that and said it was the RTX tax, like we're paying for something we don't even want. And that was the same launch price for the Founders Edition 1080 in 2016 it's been like this for a little while like the the 30 series was actually in retrospect a pretty decent value compared to the 20 series because the the jump in performance was higher with the 30 series Mm -hmm. where you had really like flagship previous gen flagship level performance in like the 3070 area and that was a 400 and that was that yeah it was 499 yeah because then the 3060 Ti, I think, was 399. But of course, those were nonsense numbers because it was never sold for that. Yeah. The they still don't sell for that. No. The 3060 Ti was the number one card. Uh, when you looked at graphics cards on nicehash.com, it was the number one rated card forever. Yeah. And you couldn't buy it. Oh. That was also when they started the super tomfoolery. Oh, hey. Oh, that's right. This yeah. is a great transition. Oh, there you go. So, thanks, yeah, because thanks, Jeremy. <laughs> this one annoys me. Okay, anyway. our, our next story. Uh, MSI launches the GeForce RTX 3060 Ti Super 3X Supreme. But it's not. But it's not a Super. It's just Super 3X is their name. They shouldn't be allowed to do this because it's confusing. <laughs> but they did. <laughs> and it's, so it's not a Super, but it's like, if you read this... Uh, copy it, from MSI. It looks like it. it oh, M- NVIDIA launched a 3060 Ti Super. It depends. Yep. It depends where you put the comma in the sentence. You know what I'm Yeah, saying? exactly. That's why the comma is such a valuable thing. It uh, is very valuable. And how, why they have left it completely out. Yeah. So uh, if you remember, I think it was last year, we got a GDDR6X variant of the 3060 Ti. This is MSI doing a supreme cooler, their ultra like fancy big triple fan cooler version of the 3060 Ti GDDR6X. How much? Oh, I don't know. If you got to ask. How much you got? <laughs> not that much. I did I've not tried to find this for sale anywhere. I'm just looking at the video cards story. 
It's kind of sad that the last EVGA card I bought was a 3060 Ti. You know what? I wonder if it was that one ago. Asian markets only, because this link takes me to a Chinese language site. I kind of would have guessed that. Launching another 3060, doesn't that sort of poison the market for the down market 40 series cards that NVIDIA is supposed to be releasing at some point? Supposed to be. They're not going to do it until AMD does something, I bet. Because... Hmm. Who's the follower on this this time around? Uh, is it still Intel? <laughs> is Intel creating the price pressure that's causing prices uh, on these other GPUs to drop? Based on their sales well, number, I'd probably say no. no. But speaking of Intel, yeah. Next story: Intel says there's more performance to be had with its latest Game On Arc driver. You know, in in theory, the A770 is is at a teraflop type performance with a 3070 or a 3070 Ti. So in theory, they can extract quite a bit more performance out of it. And this is for the A750, the slower of the two cards. Yeah, I don't know where So you can say there's there's, there's quite a jump in between what they're doing there. And I think that, you know, if you had less than $350 to spend, you could do a lot worse than either an A750 or an A770. I would Mm. preferably do a A770 from Intel because it's a really well-built board, 16 gigs, relatively fast. They constantly are updating their drivers, yes. and uh, they're just they're squeezing more performance, better compatibility. I'm kind of curious what Proton 8 is going to do yeah. with their next gen. We'll talk, we'll talk about that, too. We will. The A750 Remember, is on- currently selling for 249 That one keeps on getting mentioned, I've noticed. It's, it's just- Remember, they're, they're on TSMC all the way through uh, Celestial. Six. So, yeah. Yep. Uh, so they, they, they have a very equal process, relatively equal process node to be on. Uh, they've recognized that TSMC is uh, the way to go here if they want to be competitive performance-wise. Now it's just up to them to, as they're doing, optimize than software. No. Oh. And so that is a much better card than the RTX 3050, which <laughs> yeah. shouldn't really be sold. And uh, <laughs> it is. Uh, it is fish out here. Wow. Yeah, and it is uh, faster and uh, it has far better ray tracing performance than the RX 6600, 6650, and the same amount of memory. So, if you're looking for a new card, uh, that's it. Really, is kind of the the king of the new budget at 250 bucks. Yes, because nobody else has Jeremy, it. Not this maybe, generation. You no, have to go well, that, not, the, uh, not that the overall in terms of features <laughs> and performance. It's it does pull more power. It wasn't that long ago that the only card you could get for 250 was a the RX 1650, 60, the RX 6500 XT. Oh, yeah. Oh. When that was still selling for more than $200 at the retail. 6600 was a pretty good card. 6600 non XT for around 249 is still a decent value, but I would probably go arc. And and they asked, does it beat buying an RX five eighty? Well, you can get an RX five eighty yeah. for eighty five dollars right now. I just saw one on sale for Newegg, and that's a full eight gig, I think, RX five eighty. Yeah. Yep. But no, it's going to beat the crap out of an RX five eighty. Yeah, it, th- it's that didn't age. Jump. It aged well, but when I have it retested it more recently, I was surprised at how far behind it's falling down. Yeah, mm. with newer games. By the way, another a way to extract performance 
out of your uh, existing hardware is to overclock it, of course. And remember there was that drama about Afterburner where the developer had been kind of cut off and financially mm-hmm. and wasn't developing anymore. Well, Afterburner finally gets an official update. It's at 4.6.5, and they've added support. Man, that last stable release, 4.6.4... Was it really that old? Three years old? 2019. Jeez. There were so, some betas, but, uh, oh, you know, okay. yeah. it was uh, an odd time. But we have official support now for the RTX 40 series, the RX 7900 series. You could have gotten them with the beta before, but now it's official. So there's more support. Intel 13th Gen. Yes. Overclock your iGPU from Afterburner. Nice. Ryzen 7000 support. You know, if, if, okay, to go on a a tangent, if there's one good thing that came out of the whole ARC program and Raja getting in charge and doing things is that now they have a consistent architecture across all of their leading edge products. As compared to previously, when there was (laughs) like 13 different architectures spread across mobile and desktop and all of that it was awful so yeah now consistency is good but back to the uh afterburner we don't need i mean that was it that's just a new version oh, finally it's, it's there how oh, nice but you're right josh i mean i feel like the, the what saved arc was the unification of the drivers because they're obviously regardless of what happens with discrete down the road they might make some financial decision later about that. Who knows? Or maybe they'll support it for the next hundred years. But as long as mm. they continue to have processor graphics, which they always will, as long as they make processors, then if that is tied in, if it's the same driver stack, then we get excellent support. And I feel like that's what's keeping... If Arc had never improved past maybe the first driver update, where it went from embarrassing with crashes and just total lack of of support for certain key titles and, you know... The, there was such an improvement with just the first couple of driver updates and it's just gotten better and better. And I feel like, like you said, a lot of that is because it's tied in with processor graphics and those aren't going anywhere. Intel needs to have economy of scale with this because they really got to be staring at something very expensive and they, the rumors are swirling whether or not they're going to keep this past uh, Celestial. But as you point out, maybe with the unified driver issue or the unified driver concept, that issue gets set aside and they can, they can afford to continue to do development without Raja and whatever team they have. I hope so. They, we really need a third option. Yeah, I mean, the people in place, Raja wasn't doing driver development himself. So, I mean, I'm sure Certainly that the not. teams <laughs> that are in place, they keep doing their thing and it keeps getting better. So, <clears throat> yeah, just motivates yes, me. I have, I have one other question news. for you guys. Yeah, what? One other question. How much stock of 6,000 series GPUs do you think AMD had and still has? If you go if you go to amd.com you can see that there's a few that they're still selling direct one of them is this, is the 6950 I question whether they're still making it I mean I think they might be I'm going to go look now go to products why would they stop they don't have any yeah if they like, had a 7800 XT or something yeah they wouldn't need to make the 6950 anymore but I, yeah, I, well, so, well they they don't always share their wafer order information with me but I think that 
<laughs> I think they did make a lot more orders and looking at TSMC and how much money they made in 2020, 2021 and oh, yeah. first half of 2022. Um, I think that there is still a lot of stock. If, if you there. see the two and, that they're still selling, the 6750 and the 6950, I actually think that fills a hole to some degree in their availability stack right now. Right. Obviously, oh, that's, what they're, that's what they're using in place of yes. expanding the 7900 or the 7000 series. They'll eventually have to so have a 76, 77, 78. They're still making it. I don't that's know. That, honestly, that I, don't, I don't think they're making any more. I don't think they have any more outstanding wafer orders. I think they're they're okay. they're done with the three thousand series. I'm not sorry, the six thousand series. Six thousand, and um, and we know how much you know extra stock Nvidia ordered before the crash, <laughs> uh, which was a mm. an absolute ton. Um, yeah, and they're finally starting to work through that. The thirty eighties are becoming less. I mean, a thirty eighty Ti really, you can still buy them, but why would you? And I thought thirty eighties were gone pretty much. Down. Yeah, uh, no, I still see him. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, but no, it makes sense in this economy. Don't release a brand new flagship card, knock four hundred bucks off your previous generation one, and keep making it. People yeah, will maybe, actually be yeah. able to possibly buy that, whereas you put it a seventy nine fifty at the original Assuming price of sixty nine fifty or higher. You're you're going to be seeing what we're seeing with the other cards, where you, people don't have the money to buy it. Assuming you've reduced your production cost by this point till it's affordable. But yeah, one would think it's yeah. not going to look good with the next quarterly statements or maybe the next couple of quarters. But yes, they do need to just mark down existing inventory, sell stuff off. There, <laughs> there are people who took the last couple of years off and didn't do any GPU upgrades. Give them a break. Give them the cheap, good graphics cards from last generation that they never bought. That doesn't help <laughs> with current generation, but really, weren't they kind of jumping the gun a little bit? We have brand new. 40 series and we have 7,000 series GPUs. What about all the 30 series that was unsold? What about all the 6,000 series graphics cards that they could have sold and didn't because people were mm-hmm. not interested in and paying the old dumping ground of the OEM builds where you just all of a sudden, okay, well, let's just unload all our 3060s on these guys and they'll just put out a bunch of builds with them. Well, they can't afford to put one of those in their cards in it anyways. So they're using even older cards or lower cost card so you're stuck that pipeline is clogged <laughs> yeah affordable well, also, gaming pcs were using pretty low-end cards like most of the ones i looked at were like 1660 oh. ti or lower if they were under yep. two thousand dollars and we're also kind Jeez, of ignoring where are those coming from gosh the secondary market of oh yeah everybody yep. dropping off their mining cards and mm-hmm. some if yes. you you know take the cooler off and you replace the thermal pads are going to work perfectly fine others maybe not so much but there are a lot of people who picked those up relatively cheap and that was their upgrade. And until mm-hmm. those burn out, that's what they got. You are absolutely right. Of course I'm right. Let's move on to the next story. It's about direct storage, which has reached version 1.2. It's available now. This is as of yesterday, April 18. Today we're releasing the 1.2 version of direct storage SDK where we've added new features and made some fixes based on your feedback. So you can look Ooh. at the uh, new get page to look at all of that. So force buffered IO direct storage currently opens files in unbuffered mode and you can read it's all the technical details here, but uh, 
There's some bug fixes, performance improvements. I just want to see more adoption. It's great that they're improving it, but this is an SDK. We need uh, yeah, developers. If, if someone could actually use it. Yeah, we need more than just that one game that people were testing for a short period there. Some odd title. I, I think this testing scenario seems kind of forced as well, if I remember correctly. It was like, oh, yeah, who does that? Forspoken. Forspoken, that's right. Oh, yeah. So if you if you Google direct storage testing, as I just did on, on you know, google.com, it's just Forspoken. All, all of the stories were about Forspoken. Oh, no, be, be really depressing and just do, like, direct storage supporting games. Yeah, or game support, and you, yeah. you get mm. one result. <laughs> the Raspberry Pi, it's getting in on the AI excitement with Sony's help, as Jeremy Hellstrom writes at PCPer.com. Yeah, I mean, it's not the first time that Raspberry and Sony have sort of gotten together, uh, and Sony sort of here's a big chunk of cash. Can you guys just keep doing what you're doing? Uh, they've also been giving them a little bit of technology which is kind of nice. So the, the Raspberry is not going anywhere. But one of the nice things with this is that they're really looking at trying to move them into something I hadn't heard of before, which is uh, Sony's uh, Atrios platform, which is their AI uh, imaging learning stuff. So it, it, you should be able to go beyond computer vision 2 and these sort of other uh, vision-based AI applications that Raspberry Pi handles right now and make it a little more interesting and give you access to some more interesting uh, visual sensors than just that Raspberry Pi camera, which I'm, I would be very surprised if it doesn't use the uh, built-in port uh, that comes on Raspberry Pis for that. But it would be very interesting to see what they can do with visual learning because Raspberry Pis are just fun. I'm glad my brother got me one for Christmas and I haven't been able to completely turn it into a smart camera to take pictures of my cat uh, bringing in strange recycling pieces. But uh, I'm working on it. i, I, I got to learn Python from scratch and I'm busy learning PowerShell. But yeah, sort of getting this... It, Raspberry Pi has gone from a hobbyist thing to some... The, the quote was somewhere around 70% of what their sales go to are corporations yes. to go into devices, right? They, they, it will be a monitoring device in a factory line. It will be a security device. It will be anything like that. Or a cl and server cluster. Or a, or a server cluster, because it can do that. So seeing Sony just continuing to help them out, because uh, they are still non-profit uh, Raspi. They're not, they're not in it for the money. They're in it to do what they can regardless of how the prices have gone over the years. And this, it seems to be a big, uh, big jump for them. Intel. Remember when they introduced that Bitcoin mining chip in 2022? Vaguely. Kind of after the market sort of crashed. And then they came out with this block scale. Well, okay, it's been discontinued. And there's no future generation planned. So that ASIC that was going to change things because it was so um, energy efficient. They've end of life the Intel Block Scale 1000 series ASIC. But they will continue to support their Block Scale customers. So, uh, customers? I, I don't know. <clears throat> you know okay. that, that bored ape yacht club guy? Yeah. <laughs> so. We didn't cover that, but this is kind of mm. 
same kind of realm nfts and a lot of the blockchain stuff i mean it's it's useful in ways but it's 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 like it's like web 2.0 from 1997 it just yeah everybody threw money at it because the wealth was unimaginable that could come back from it and then the crash and if you got out of it quick enough it was certainly true but if you stayed in well (laughs) well tell that to jeff bezos because you know he ended up working well he's got other uh income streams well now but well (laughs) i don't know he's he did pretty well for himself in 2001 uh yeah and 2002 and three this is uh i can't i can't believe this was still happening Netflix. Yes, neither could I. Netflix. I can't believe that I missed a chance to order my last one. And I, first you one haven't. The same time. You haven't. If you remember Let's Netflix back remember. in the day, you went online, you had a queue, you put things in it, you could reorder it. And when you would return one of your DVDs, you'd get another one sent, sent out, sometimes even the same day. And it, they were still shipping out DVDs. I did not realize this. Yes, it's been 25 years, yeah. uh, and it's coming to an end not later until September. this year. September 29, yeah, 2023, so we'll send out the last red yep. envelope. Yep. Jeremy, Quickster. Oh, well, still. I got pissy. I got pissy because they wouldn't let me share with my mom anymore. Oh, well, that's the streaming so service. I, you know? I, I went into cancel culture mode and... All that's that different. sort of thing. But Canceling a service because you don't like it is different from cancel culture. <laughs> no, I think because they're pretty they much the same thing. You, oh, okay. Because they won't let you abuse it anymore. That's Vote not the same with your wallet. Hey, no, come on. It. You know that Netflix it was for has... five devices to share with your family? They, they used to. And then they, they changed still it. Do. Encourage it. They still do. Yeah, yes. They stop. My I wife pays for the higher tier plan that I thought allowed like five concurrent users. Yep. No, I got the uh, email saying, hey, we're going to start charging you extra because uh, your mom don't live in the same house as you. Hmm. That was it right yeah. there. Or they don't, they don't you're care not going to be charged with anything. Devices. They don't care if they're using five different devices in the same house, but just don't share them with your mom across the country. Well, that's, that's a but what if I'm in my mom's house watching it on my cell phone? Exactly. But all there joking aside, this actually does kind of suck for some people. Uh, the Canadian Arctic has crap mm-hmm. internet. If you are lucky, you can get satellite. And so that has been one of the biggest customers, and I know this for a fact, of the mail service for uh, Netflix for a very long time. Uh, You know, they'll get them all shipped up there. And, of course, it also takes a while to ship up there. I mean, we're talking communities that you only get to by airplane or snowmobile if your permafrost hasn't gone away. And so that's actually going to really suck for them up there, which is too bad. Yeah, this, the scale of Netflix you. actually is unfortunate <clears throat> because sending out DVDs was still a $100 million a year business and they're shuttering it just to mm. kind of let that sink in. It's just not good yeah. enough for them. Can't, can't sustain it. Let me tell you, uh, the last Blu-ray <clears throat> 4K ordered was Top Gun Maverick. And the difference in quality and audio with a disc is so much better than streaming. It's not even mm-hmm. funny. So, but I bet you know, you're not get it in LaserDisc. Yeah, not dead yet. Would have been better in LaserDisc though, Josh. In that analog, the the it wasn't even you digital audio. That? It was an analog audio on LaserDisc. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Yep. Th- think about the old optical uh, process for film audio until DTS, which was CD based. It was a CD that would sync with yeah. the video with the time codes. There was an optical track where you had next to the 35 millimeter a little waveform that would be red. Yeah, two optically. squiggly lines. Yeah. Yep. That was your no, no, Dolby was, stereo. That was Dolby. And then when they went digital, they had the actual, um, it was almost like a QR code. It was a really super dense yes. thing like CD yeah. audio. And so that was in between the uh, the cog wheels on the film. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's how they could add both the, the analog sound in there as well as the, uh, the digital. Digital, digital yeah. because so not every theater had upgraded. Yeah, yeah, for exactly for theaters that didn't have DTS equipment, which was still pretty rare yeah. until the, I think until the two thousands, there were a lot. And of it's not like they were going to ship only. out two different types of two different films. Yeah, exactly. Like the price on that would be ridiculous. No, you get one. Yeah, so they had to they had to figure out a different way to get digital audio on that same thirty five millimeter film while still supporting yeah. those who had the the older audio version. Let's pause here for a word from our podcast sponsor. Are you a person with a knack, a condition characterized by an extreme intuition about how things work, especially now in the computer systems and software space? Well, people like us can often find it difficult to settle into just the right role for our careers. Well, Bloomberg is out there building a world-class information network for financial professionals, and they're looking for engineers to join them. Personally, I know that I've always wanted to work on challenging projects that had real impact on actual shipping products and services, and sometimes that has just not worked out. While I've not yet worked for Bloomberg, they're forward-looking and are building tools their clients will come to rely on for systems that matter in solving real-world complex problems across global capital markets. They're working in real-time market and enterprise data with sophisticated analytics that are touched by over 350,000 professionals. Bloomberg systems operate at tremendous scale with over 300 billion, yes, B is in billion, market data messages daily. And you can get involved. You're not going to get locked into a proprietary shop either, as Bloomberg's engineers are active members of the open source community in both leveraging and making commits back to those projects. Learn more about the opportunities that await you by visiting Bloomberg.com careers. That's Bloomberg.com careers. We're back and it's time for Security Corner. And we, of course, visit Bleeping Computer. This story is about a new QBot email attack, which uses PDF and WSF combo to install malware. I mean, if you can't trust your Windows script files, what can you trust? The answer is nothing. <clears throat> just just yeah. don't. Trust no one. But yeah, so you'll get a PDF email, an email with a PDF attachment, which looks like a PDF attachment. Bonjour. And, oh, uh, click here. Thankfully, may uh, pass your uh, scanners and you run it and it downloads a, a Windows script file, which because it is trusted by default and installs Quackbot. Because that's what you want. It sounds very efficient, I mean, at least. I, I think ultimately I'm thanking Adobe for this one because Adobe. Always. Yes. <clears throat> I mean, Windows provides the essentially the, the hole, and then Adobe just drives a freaking truck through it. Yeah, it is efficient. It actually uses a ping check to make sure that the infected machine can reach the command and control systems um yeah you got to really hand it to today's malware developers they're really following through with uh well-coded uh scripting and uh fallback routines um yeah hats off to them yep good job folks black hats don't white hats uh, uh, they've probably got a qa staff now so good for them 
Oh, uh, oh, one of the nastier ones about two years ago did. They literally had <laughs> a, a helpline if you were uh, if you pay the subscription to have their regular updates for the infectious software. And I'm trying to remember what it was. Oh, this is about two Christmases ago. And one of that was one of the ways that they got peeled out by the security researcher was that he got a hold of the help phone line where you could oh. phone to have them assist you. And why is it not infecting as many computers as it should? Nice. <sighs> oh, yeah. that was a great one. Oh, my brain is soggy. I can't think of what it was. And the, the fallout of this particular one is, of course, it provides a gateway for the attackers to get onto your corporate network and then begin to encrypting and extracting money through typical encrypt to for ransomware. Oh, so sure. Enjoy. Yeah. Or or don't. Or stop clicking on things. For God's sakes. Well, what are you supposed to do if you can't even open up a PDF attachment anymore? How are you supposed to well, get Well, just work get done? them to send it in a real file. Like what? Because if the text will read. Can you please edit this PDF to have these things in it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Moving on to the next story in Security Corner. Google patches another actively exploited Chrome Zero Day. Now, it's another week. It's another active <laughs> Zero Day. You've got to keep your Chrome updated. Don't be well, Don't be lazy. Just update it. And this is this week's update, by the way. If your Chrome think, hasn't updated, you are yeah. vulnerable. I mean, it, you may have think you just recently updated. You're wrong. Well, you might be right. Maybe, but no, you you're be. wrong. It, it's probably there's a new update sitting there right now, but you got to restart your that's browser, true. and that's a pain. It is. It, it is wants to close all those tabs. Right. Who makes well, bookmarks Google, anymore? You just have a hundred thousand tabs open. They didn't actually fully talk about what this vulnerability was, but it's in one of their media processing libraries called Skia or mm-hmm. Skia, something like that, and clearly it's designed to the infection vector is for you to just probably just browse an infected PNG or JPEG, something that the image library has to go in and process. And it's uh, likely to be some sort of buffer overrun and, and remote code execution. So definitely freaking update. Now there is in the wild already um, exploits for this. Yeah. Well, if known exploits. Ends, there are plenty more out, unknown yeah. exploits. Yes. Check your Chrome browser if it ends in .137. You're okay. If it doesn't, download. All right. Let's quickly go through gaming quick hits, which grew significantly since I started working on the show notes. Mysteriously. Yeah, I, don't I just happened. added one I don't thing. Uh-huh. I think Brett <laughs> added like five. Proton, Proton 8.0 is here, and it brought the Steam Deck with it. Steam Deck fixes... Valve and Codeweavers have released the latest version of Proton, their compatibility software that allows Windows games to run on Linux-based operating systems. I don't know if you know this or not, but Proton is the key to uh, Linux gaming. And maybe there's a little bit of a performance hit versus running native on Windows, but you don't have to run Windows, and you can run basically everything. Yeah. This is the magic behind the Steam Deck. It's what made it possible. And yet still people install Windows on their Steam Decks for some reason. (laughs) Probably for emulation purposes. Hmm. Well, to emulate Excel? Well, no, but I mean, you don't I have to for for some things, but apparently for others, <clears throat> I don't really know. I don't have a Steam Deck, and I, uh, I, I, but I, I have no use for one. None. No. It would just sit collect dust. Well, you're a desktop user. You use a desktop when you use a computer, right? Or are you sitting on I your couch? I don't sit on the Excella. 
out of New York going to wherever, Washington, D.C. <laughs> Boston. Boston. So, yeah. Just like I don't need 2.5 gigabit Ethernet. Yes, you do. So you stop with that. From PC Gamer, a story about the former Halo Infinite creative lead, Joseph Staten, joining Netflix to head up an all-new AAA multi-platform game. I think part of the story here is, is that most of the Bungie slash Halo senior staff has kind of left Microsoft. They're all gone. And they've gone. Yeah, a lot. Of, this was one of the last people there. So that's really the kind of story, other than that we'd already talked about Netflix, which I thought was kind of cool to have two Netflix stories. So it's a little bizarre. Uh, but that and Netflix is looking to make a name for themselves in multi-platform AAA gaming. They've been doing a little mobile for a while. but um, They've been doing more than mobile. Really? I didn't realize that they had gotten into PC gaming. Well, I mean, it's TV gaming. Okay, that makes sense. But, uh, yeah. yeah, no, it was back uh, in like, 2021 i think they kicked that off uh to everyone's you know great amazement and definitely they paid attention to it (laughs) but yeah they they've acquired some indie game studios uh they've been talking up because i I see this email every once in a while from a netflix uh pr firm and they're Mm -hmm. like uh because uh they put exploding kittens on if you like the oatmeal, you've, you probably know what Exploding Kittens is. I know. I have the card game. I know exactly what it is. Yeah, well, there's a there's a Netflix version of it, hmm. which you okay. can subscribe to. But yeah, they've been promising but, that, oh, yeah, we're going to be expanding our gaming repertoire for almost two years now. And uh, they're still announcing all the time that they're just getting into gaming. Well, this is going to be their foray into what they're labeling and what we should commonly understand as AAA gaming. So we'll see where that goes for okay. them. Full platform, so they're probably going to be PC games. Well, Kurt Schilling tried that as well. and mm. yeah. Yes. Mm. Speaking of the PC and uh, gaming, over 2,400 Steam users have had their accounts restricted for marking a negative review as helpful. This seems... Yeah, this is sort of a bizarre thing that happened here. There was a user called Warlander on the, uh, on the Valve forums that noticed that uh, the game was, oh, I can't remember the game, uh, but it had this copy protection. No, no, it was something else. Um, Yeah, it was, but it had this uh, anti-cheat copy protect sort of system in it that continued to run after, um, the the game was called Warlander. Uh, His his title was Freedoms 117. Okay. Um, So the Warlander game had an anti-cheat background uh, task that, continued to run after the game was quit and he sort of figured that out and then got reasonably upset about it and posted hey here's how to disable this thing from continuing to send what looks like traffic to the japanese servers from where the game uh resided and over 2400 people upvoted uh that post so the moderators got around and they sort of interpreted what he was saying as a way to get around the anti-cheat software and okay. restricted everybody, including him and every uh, 2,400 users from community activity for 30 days. It looks that like was that the, was uh, uh, fixed, though. Seems yeah, support it, it was the restriction. It was eventually fixed. Yeah. But I think the story here is, is that Valve, uh, you were guilty by association, you know, essentially yeah. from the moderator's view. And that's that's a pretty harsh take. Uh, in my opinion, to say, why oh, was the post allowed something? to stay up? Why is anybody able to upvote it? If it violates their terms, then it should be automatically deleted. 
Interestingly enough, they're now probably going to turn this into some sort of like deeper dive to say, okay, yeah, if you really want to do this, here's, they were worried that it was showing people how to go in and do red reg edits and, and things like that. So they may turning it into like more of a deeper support article, but mm. they, they backtracked on all of this and kind of brought everybody back in and they said, Hey, the mod was kind of overreacted to this and looked at it as an anti-cheat workaround and you know, we, it was basically, we were sort of telling, we told them to kind of do this sort of thing, but Valve just, it felt a little dirty to them too, so they backtracked on it. That's good. Yeah. And finally, in gaming quick hits, Total War Warhammer 3, Forge of the Chaos Dwarfs. Oh, yeah. They are still expanding this game. And so for anyone who knows Warhammer... Uh, the, the Chaos Dwarves are an interesting one, and they've done it well because there are only a tiny amount of uh, actual insanely tough Chaos Dwarf units that you can have. Most of it is just uh, Orc and Goblin meat shields and uh, some Hobgoblins, which are slightly less meat shieldy. But they've done an interesting thing because, I mean, you've played Warhammer 3 through a bunch of times. They've got to do something interesting. So they've combined several racial mechanics into this sort of the, the chaos and beast man, where you've got to not just build your buildings as normal to build more troops, but you've got a separate set of resources. You have to keep track of to be able to expand how many of your troops you can build. And a weird thing with uh, sort of similar to the orcs upgrading thing, but instead of it just being upgrading one single unit at a time, you upgrade an entire type of unit. And it costs another type of resource every turn to keep it going. So they've done an interesting job on this DLC. But the other nice thing about uh, these guys is that whenever they put out a brand new big DLC like this, they give everyone something for free. And so in this case, it's uh, the the Mirror of Insanity, which is a, a sort of different type of gameplay. It's a bit of a tower defense thing like they did with the original launch and the uh, the waves of chaos coming at you. And everyone gets that one for free. No questions asked. Brand new thing to do. And it even gives you some interesting uh, additional spells, which are just ridiculous. Like They, they go beyond the, the spells of, you know, nuking a, an entire uh, unit of an army to like, changing the battlefield, flinging everyone up in the air and stuff. It's, it's kind of... I really, they've done it once again, a good job on adding on to a game that's been around for a few years, which is literally now a compilation of Total Warhammer 1, 2, and 3, with all the DLCs still playable. And I, I just thought I'd mention it, because uh, I've been playing it for a bit. They wanted me to check it out. I don't think it was worth a full review, but I think it was definitely worth a mention here. So if you like your Warhammer 3, give it a shot. It's on 10% off or something right now. And if not, well, I mean, even if you're playing it, hey, free DLC, give it a shot. Only problem is if you have a multiplayer game going with your family, that save is now an older version, and you're going to have to start again. Sorry about that. Oh, sad, sad. Yeah. Oh, and it's a 100 gig patch, too, by the way. Good Lord. Oh, (laughs) Oh, yeah. That's a patch? Easy download. Okay. Well, well the download is 100 gigs. It doesn't necessarily take up an extra 100 gigs on your hard drive. All right, it's only 93. It what are they, how do the Canadians in the North Country? How do the Canadians in the North Country get a 100 gig download? By the way, that uh, Netflix, Netflix closing down. Sneakernet. 
in Canada, Jeremy, you want a career change, open up your own DVD distribution service. Ooh. I mean, you know, Netflix is about to have a fire sale on a million DVDs. Yeah. What are you going to do with them? Well, they probably ordered destroyed. They'll have to shred them. I missed out on the blockbuster shutdown, but maybe I can get it on the Netflix shutdown. Yes. Yes. Our review of the week is from MicroStar International, which is the maker of the Gaming X Trio GeForce RTX 4070. Uh, This MSI card has a significantly larger cooler than the reference uh, design. Not Supreme, though, or Supreme. No, 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 no. No, This is not their Supreme. This one is the $50 over MSRP type of product. So, you know, you've got significantly more cooling potential. I mean, look how small the reference board is compared know, to the size of the cool. Yeah. It's almost double the size nice of the board. Nice looking card, though. Yeah, it's a very yeah. nice looking card. Tasteful RGB yeah, tasteful. implementation, I would say. Yeah. It's so amazing it has, how small that PCB is. It I just know. is nuts. And it has the 12-volt high-power connector, so if you're looking for an add-in board that uses the 8-pin, this is not it. You'll have to use the adapter if you don't have a power right. supply. For... Uh, Audio listeners, it's a full-length three-fan three, uh, three fan card that looks like the card is really only half the length, if that. Of, well, right, uh, yeah. Card this is it's a very short PCB, but a very big cooler. Ridiculously big, one might say. It uses the Trifrozer 3 thermal design. Torx fan 5.0. Copper base plate. Core pipe. Zero frozer. Other terms. Check out the uh, review at PCPro.com. Wait, dude, for... are you saying that, that it's got super pipes? Well, it says it has core pipes. Precision yeah, machine I don't think those pipes. Actually, I don't think that's a super pipe. Well, it says max. No, no max contact. So max pipe. Yeah, but no, it's a max well, it's, core it's pipe. Crashed down. It's not super. It's not a super pipe. No. Josh, so you're going to have to define super, super pipe at some point here. Well, podcast listeners not, from, yeah. you know, 10 or 12 yes, years ago. Yes, way back. What he's talking about. Yes. You can still get the shirt, but yeah. you can. Can you? Okay. You can. Yes, you can. So the yes. the card, the X, the Gaming X Trio 12G is the full name of this thing, is uh, overclocked out of the box by actually quite a bit, 135 megahertz. And if you happen to run their software, the MSI Center software, there's an extreme performance profile you can load. That takes it up another 15, 15 for a full 150 megahertz clock. Now, I just tested it in its out-of-box state, which is a plus 135 megahertz. No overclock in the memory or anything. Same memory system. We're talking the exact same specs. It's a 4070. It's just with a faster GPU clock. And what does that mean? Well, here it is versus the Founders Edition. And it it is. It's almost 100 megahertz faster across the board in this test. Now, of course, under load... NVIDIA GPUs just kind of do whatever they want. It's, they have a mind of their own. At one point, these were almost identically clocked in this test. But the top speed of this MSI card ended up being 2835. And the Founders Edition card never reached uh, anything higher than 2775. So it was always faster by at least 60 megahertz. And it did not draw a tremendous amount of power to offer these slightly higher clocks. So the TGP of the card is 200 watts mm. for the founders. This one is actually a TGP of 215, I believe, but it only had an average power draw of 205.6 in my testing, 
which is still higher than the founders at 192.3 average power. Now, momentary power, at least with the PCAT hardware pass-through stuff that I have here, recorded 230.9 watts, which is very reasonable. This is a, an overclocked third-party card that's still max power well under 250 watts, so you do not need a so power supply for this. You're saying that 12 to 15 watts got them 100 megahertz. Yeah, it, it's not that a great. sounds <clears throat> fine, but I think pushing further than that, it becomes very, you get very little benefit other than increasing your power draw. But Maybe you should have tried Afterburner. Well, it wasn't out yeah. yet. It wasn't out yet oh, when I okay. tested this. Okay, uh, right. here's some results just to show you what that slight overclock can do and the big cooler and everything. Here's 3D Mark Speedway and the average of three runs, it went up exactly 100 points over reference so it's something now what does that mean in games well depending on the game and i'm, I'm testing it very high like this is 3440 by 1440 ultra so i mean you're not getting high frame rates anyway but it took this uh f122 from 62 frames per second up to 64 it was actually almost 64.86 yeah it's two yeah. and a half frames per second well and for in, two and a half times the power or an extra no. two and a half and, power. and fifty dollars, fifty dollars over the reference design. Okay, maybe yeah. fifteen yeah. watts. You're, no, it's very little. Okay, 15, but let's not exaggerate. Watts for two frames. It's, yeah, this like 12, this doesn't take that watts. much more power than a reference card, than the Founders Edition card, I should say. And you're getting slightly higher performance, but it's it's you're not getting huge gains this generation when you overclock. Uh, no. So well, maybe talking, they should have taken a little Beefcake two thousand. Then it'd be yeah. all about the game. Yeah, so. I'm gonna, I'm gonna up. I'm gonna up. I can, I can barely fit through the door. Uh, by the way, temperatures with this in a 20 C room, 20 degrees Celsius. Uh, GPU temp under 60. Mm. Uh, hot spot was 72.4. Memory toasty, was only 58. 58 for the memory. Is no, great. that's that's awesome. And but the, here's the Especially crazy thing: since they spec these things with at 95 C still run. Yep. And you know, well, look at your fan. Look expected at your fan speeds. Speed. Yep. That's nice. We commented on how small the PCB was versus how ridiculous the cooler size is. Well, what what happens is that you don't have to spin up the fans at all. They never spun up past 900 RPM in my testing. That's that's oh. silent, really. It was eight hundred and ninety okay. range, and so you couldn't hear the card. I didn't end up. I did not end up doing any sound testing because I would have to go to a passive CPU cooler to be able to measure under nine hundred <laughs> RPM on the graphics card. <laughs> my CPU cooler was was too loud. It was drowning out the GPU. But and this I, was during like max performance. Yeah, tests, full load testing. I did a ten oh, amazing uh, iteration loop of the Metro Exodus benchmark, and it never so, went yeah, above any of these it. numbers. So here you have it. Uh, the, I talk about pricing, kind of put that into context this generation. But there's the card with its tasteful it's RGB nice. lighting. Anyway, uh, that's the card for about 15 more watts. You get about two more FPS, depending on the game. You could get 10. I mean, it's it's like a slow single digit, 1% to 3% better performance, depending mm -hmm. on the title. And it has slightly a higher card draw. And it's 649 <laughs> extra 50 bucks it's 50 dollars yeah. more because you're getting a huge cooler i mean i wish i could say no, oh but the plus, overclocking potential really the get their hands on a founder's edition i mean they're they're hard to come by 
generally speaking, they're harder yeah. to come by, yes. Can I get one from NVIDIA.com right now? Let's see. 4070. Let's see if I can buy one right now. It says, see all buying options. Is one of those buying options to buy direct right now? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Add to cart. So you can still buy oh, a reference of, sorry, a founder's edition. Oh, never mind. I'm totally wrong. Interesting. Or, oh, this just this just reinforces your point, Josh, that they're not selling all that well, or you wouldn't be able to buy mm. one of these. No. No. So I was wrong, but I was right. It's time for picks of the week. Josh, take it away. Me. Okay. So Corsair HS60 haptics. They're a really solid, solid pair of headphones. And it's got the, the haptic amount. Which, you know, they've got they two little motors in each one. And so when you get, you know, kind of, you know, some banging and whatnot, it'll actually do that. And interestingly enough, you turn those on and it enhances the bass effect pretty dramatically. And these things are 65 bucks. Really super good sound. It's a USB audio, so you don't need a sound card. Uh, nice control. Very comfortable. Um They've got some good heft to it, but not overwhelmingly so. Very nice to, to wear. I love them until my wife borrowed them and ran her chair over the cord and destroyed the cord. <laughs> huh. She, so, so I she's can wireless get only set for 65 bucks. <laughs> but I don't know if I want my wife to, you know, be able to touch them again. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, the uh, the haptic feeling is it's it's a unique experience and it does accentuate some of the lower end frequencies. It's 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 nice. You you don't know how good it is until you try it. And I think a lot of people were kind of turned off by the whole haptic thing. But it's kind of worth it because you can actually control, you know, the 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 strength of the haptic effect and you get it to a point you like and it just it it disappears. You're like, oh my gosh, my ears are kind of buzzing. It just it just feels natural. You get to a point. It's just if if you haven't tried it before, if you're curious, sixty five dollar entry fee is is not much for a really good set of headphones. So, if you're half to curious, no, even if you're not, just curious. use them as uh, passive headphones. They have a wire. And David Saab said it isn't haptic, just different kind of speaker. No, it's actually got little um, uh, weights in there, you know, rotating weights, but that are unbalanced. Spinning. And so it, it like gives controller you, feed, like motors, yeah, and then, like the little yeah. things that yeah. are in a vibrator. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Oh, okay. But, it, but yeah. not as obnoxious mm -hmm. as like you know in the in the Sony or the Xbox ones. It's it's a more subtle effect. So Wait, are they as aggressive as the ridiculous uh, motor in my Nexus 6 phone, which is still the loudest vibration of all time? Probably was, not. No. It was pointless to ever put that in vibrate because it would buzz yeah. so loud on the table that everybody in the room knew that my phone was going off. They turned around and said, who's... <laughs> look, oh, yeah. look who's getting his hinge <laughs> notice now. That, that's <laughs> why you're supposed to keep it in your front pocket. <laughs> Nice. I'm glad I don't know what that means. Okay. <laughs> Never mind. Well, you, you would know. if you kept that phone in your front pocket. This was yeah. years ago. Think about the Nexus 6. I think it came out in 2011. Savage. Savage. Okay. 
Jeremy, your pick. Do you remember this case, Sebastian? Of course I do. I took this picture right behind me, actually. I bet you did. With the uh, helicopter design. Yeah, it looks like the well, I just spotted helicopter. randomly. Uh, it's on sale up here in Canada uh, for 80 bucks off. It's only $110. I don't know if you can get the same thing down in the States, but mm. a lot of people absolutely despise this case, and I can see why. Because, well, it looks like this. But if you want something that is definitely and completely unique that no one else has, including tempered glass sort of sticking out the back and well, they're a variety hinged. of These other are hinged. Features. That was the really cool thing about it. You undo a big thumb screw and then the whole door just opens on a hinge and you can get it out of your way on the back or the front. So it's it's practical. Some people some people get what thermal take is laying down. Some people yeah. just don't. And if you do, okay. If you do, it's almost half off. Yeah. It's almost half off. The only problem is you can't install a fan on the back. Uh, well, there's a big a gap there. I mean, you could hang one <laughs> with zip ties or something. Oh, hey, yeah, yeah I suppose you could. There's a lot of open air back here. It's essentially an open let's, frame case. Let's, let's not hack this case. I mean, yeah. do you really need to hack a case like this? You, you don't. You don't. You have to like the look, and if you do, then they are there for you. Now, if you could redo it so that it actually looked like the head of like a uh, Battlemaster and awesome, that would actually look pretty cool. But what if you could put a pilot, right, you know, behind those front glass things and, and put some guns on the side? And, and that's oh, what yeah. Legos for, Josh. Make like rocket, rocket pods and, coming out the side. Yeah, got to have heat sinks in there because you're laser yep. and oh Ooh, yeah, nice. Oh, you could totally do it. All right, Brett, your pick. Uh, normally, I would say something like calling old Belta Loda. Uh, if you like The Expanse, this might be something that you would enjoy. This is from a comic book company called Boom Studios, and I have a whole bunch of them from when they did extra Farscape series, but it's a very high-quality uh, comic series uh, and uh, graphic novel, I should say. This is brought to you by some of the folks actually involved in the original Expanse novels like uh, James uh, Corey and the um, the TV staff that actually put um, the uh, the videos together for the Expanse, uh, all of the series is together that were played on Amazon. Uh, so this is a continuation of the story and it takes place between a couple of the a few of the years between a couple of the books and it just expands the universe a little bit and there's going to be 12 graphic novels for this so if you enjoy this sort of thing you can go click through to um the uh kickstarter campaign and i, I think they're done with the campaign i think you can do a pre-order now I actually got in on the campaign so i have all the series coming uh, but if you like this sort of thing this is the sort of thing you'll like how many books is that series up to now oh the original series i think it was 10 uh with one okay. that was um one that was kind of a web one only where they finished the story of one of the characters that they sort of left yeah. behind. I forget what, I think it was maybe humble bundle, but they were doing uh, another set of graphic novels and it was pre stories to all of the major characters. True. Like, I've seen that. Yeah. Yeah. And I keep meaning to pick up those novels just that uh, they never put them on sale and that's 90 yeah. bucks up here in Canada. But these, these well, are very, very high quality. 
and again uh, done by the original creators of the novels and and had a had a hand in the TV series. So they're likely to be fun and considered uh, canon. Excellent. Yeah, NSA Corey are two people. Yes, they are. True. Yep. I have a pick. Just like Grant Naylor. A quick pick. And this is in the same vein as Josh's pick. And it's my favorite headphone that collapses into a, a metal uh, circle. It's the Koss Porta Pro, which has been around forever. These are consistently on sale. The list price is $49.99, but you'll never pay that. They're currently $39.99 on Amazon. And it it is such a, a fun sounding headphone it's not like hyper it's not a hi-fi headphone it has a bass emphasis but they're extremely easy to drive and they are strong physically i mean it's a metal band and they're folding if i could get it to focus on these and the headphone itself the driver it it the sound is so much more powerful than the size of these little things. And of course you have an adjustable uh, comfort level on the side here that adjusts how firm the, uh, it literally, even these little things have adjustable clamping force against the sides of your head. And it just, if you walk around listening to stuff on a smartphone and you've been listening to wireless earbuds for a while, Going back to wired headphones is already a substantial improvement for the most part. And then these give you all the bass you've been missing from those AirPods. I mean, it's it's a significant difference. I I gave my wife these headphones to listen to a few days ago, and she was like, I need a pair of those for work, because she sits at her desk and listens to music on her AirPods. But she likes bass, and AirPods don't have bass. I mean, maybe the AirPods Pro. But, I mean, at some point, you just need... You need bigger drivers. Those are tiny capacitor-type batteries in AirPods. I mean, how much really power can you? Yeah, how do much with dynamic them? power do you? What about the yeah, transients? It's, it's, are you uh, doubting Apple acoustic magic here? I'm not. Yes. I'm not sure where you're. Apparently, they are. I think we've reached the end of another PC Perspective podcast, and I want to thank oh. each and every one of our listeners and viewers. For sticking especially with those us. first two. Huh? Three. Especially those first two from the beginning of our podcast. Right, yeah. Three. Four. Yes. Yeah. Three, if you prefer. But the rest of you are pretty good, too. Yeah, we couldn't do it without you. I mean, it, it means a lot to us that you listen, that you watch. And I, I don't mean to, to sound, uh, I don't know, does this sound genuine or does it sound like I'm being sarcastic? How about patronizing? It's, Can we go for patronizing? Yeah, that's another, yeah let's meet in the middle. That's another here. character trait that I should probably work on. <laughs>